What's your story? Hello, how you doing? This is Kane and Jasper, and this is my story. Well, at least part of it. So for everyone who don't know, I'm like, kind of tell them, I'm like, where you from? Uh, and like a little bit, a little bit, I'm like, for like your background. Okay. So I'm from Brooklyn, New York, um, first and foremost. Um, I grew up there, lived in a few different places, but Brooklyn is my home. And, um, you know... Really, my background is is from a very deep and intense, uh, dare I say, entrepreneurial and revolutionary spirit. You know what I mean? Um, I'm definitely a a, uh, somebody who is rooted in culture, rooted in our culture and the infrastructure around it. So, you know, my life is all about making impact in that way. Gotcha. So, you know... Hey, but I first, I like met you, you know, like maybe five, six years ago. Uh, and I was like, man, whoever this dude is, he's very connected. And plus, if I went to some party, I'm like, dang, everyone know him. Marlon Wayne's, and they like know him by his full name. So I'm like, whatever he's doing, he's yeah. doing it to a higher, um, uh, able to work, uh, like higher uh, standard. Uh-huh. So like, and I actually saw that you know, if you have a brother, mm-hmm. and y'all kind of uh, like have, it have showed that, and they talk about different, you know. Like topics. Yeah, yeah. And so can you talk um, like a little bit more about that? So, you know, first of all, you know, I'm I'm not a young dude. I'm I'm fifty two years old, you know, and um I've been around I make a little joke and you know, saying messing around with my friends, I'm like, look, I've been handsome with a couple of dollars for a long time. <laughs> so but um no, I I I didn't just get here. You know, and again, I I was raised with a very entrepreneurial spirit, so I've always had impact, and I'll search for impact um, wherever I went. And I didn't just come to take from an area. Whenever I went somewhere, I set up shop. I invested in that area. I invested in people, invested in property, and the resources in that area. So, and I always led with my own finance. So... A lot of reasons why you see a lot of the guys and people that know me is because, one, I've probably been there before a lot of them got there, you know. And secondly, I never needed their resources to do what I wanted to do or what I needed to do or things that I saw fit that were necessary in that community. You know, I initiated it. And when I do come to a town, uh, like I said, you're going to get some of my story. You ain't going to get all of it. Um <laughs> But there's rules when you come to somebody's town. And basically, we t- we say you wipe your feet before you come into somebody's house. So you find out who those people are there who are of the same thought process, same mindset as you, have real pragmatic and sustainable uh, thought process. And then you build with them. You take the things that you have and you collaborate with what they have and then you, you know, like, look, this is something that possibly could work. If everything ain't gonna fit, you know, but at least people will respect your approach and your your way of bringing it up. Gotcha. So you know, 
Yeah, but going to like multiple cities, like mm-hmm. building business relationships, mm-hmm. like yeah, but for someone who like just is just coming in the game, like I want you to like kind of explain, like tell the world, and how important it is to actually, I'm like keep, I'm like business relationships. Okay, one, when you, one again, when you come to somebody's city, first of all, don't I've done it where I live first. You know what I mean? It, this ain't no route where. I went out of town and some myth, you know what I mean? I did what I, the things that I did. I became impactful where I lived first. Then when I went to other places, the first thing you do is you do some diligence. You 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 check out what the, the environment is all about. You don't just walk in there clean like you're just going to get money in somebody else's town without checking out, you know, the terrain and stuff like that. So know something about the place you're going Know something about what's needed in there because one thing you know, whether whether dudes are on a suite level or the street level, everybody respects your diligence and how you coming. If you're coming to help, then you can do business. You know, then all the other mess go to the side. You know, I've never had a problem again on the street level on a, on a suite level with anybody because of the way that I approach with respect, with courtesy, and um, and with an idea that I thought about. So now, people know that you consider their time because that's the most valuable thing. Don't waste somebody's time, you know? And if you have something that is successful, then that success will regenerate itself because that's what it actually means. Everybody thinks it means like, you know, you're gonna make a lot of money and stuff like that. That's not what it means. It, think, it means the thing that happens most in succession. So you could be like a successful fuck up you know, there's a lot of dudes, a lot of people that have the wrong kind of succession. So um, if you put time and thought into those those things, the people know that you respect their time and then the relationship goes better. Now, how do you maintain those relationships? Again, you can't just think about yourself. You got to think about what are the needs of the other person as well. And then hopefully they'll, be, they'll reciprocate. And once those things happen... And other people will find and see success in what you're doing, then they'll want to do business with you as well. You know. Gotcha. So, and so let's bring it back, out back on that twenty years plus, like you know, being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I'm like, tell us actually. I'm like, what was the first first? I'm like, business that you actually. I'm like, got into. Um, first business I got into. I mean, that's that started as as a young person, man. Like, I, um, it's funny. Like, my father used to own a fabric store. You know, he used two fabric stores in New York, and that was one of his business. He had multiple businesses. So, but I used to see my father do a lot of different things, and then I saw um, all kinds of people in our house. I could see like the street guy and the congressman in our living room at any given day, you know, the the preacher and uh, whomever, you know. And I, I used to see my father broker things. So I was like, man, if if you find yourself being a necessity on both sides, then it's easy to do business, you know. So I started, I started like this... Candy, you said 20 years ago or when it first 20 plus, yeah. 
But when it first I always had a thirst for it, man. Okay. Like, you know, when I was a kid, I, I used to, instead of buying a bag of potato chips and stuff like that, I used to buy potato chips, penny candies and all that, and I used to make little bags where they had potato chips, had everything in it, instead of somebody saying, oh, let me get a quarter, or whatever. So now, you basically, you're making money off the back. Like, yo, instead of buying a 25-cent bag of potato chips, you can give me a dollar, and you got all kinds of stuff in this bag, but it probably only cost me 25-cent worth of product, you know? And so I started like that. I always had the entrepreneur bug, and then, you know, you, you grow up, you do different things. And, you know, I, I never had a problem working. Everybody thinks that entrepreneurs start out like, I don't ever want to work for nobody. That's the most ridiculous shit in the world. You know, you got to learn how business works. So I worked for different situations. Obviously, I worked for my father, and then I worked in different, different places. I understood the functionality of business. That way, when I went into my own, I knew what to, how to structure things. You know, everybody's I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur. Well, I mean, shit, well, how many people you employ? How many people, you know, how many businesses do you have? So, like, know the difference. You could be self-employed and nothing is wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with that. You know, you be what they call it, self, self-entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, but, and there's nothing wrong with that. But understand what comes with that entrepreneur thing because there's a lot of liabilities, a lot of responsibilities. People got to get paid, you know, no matter what, you know, like there's times like where I'm at now, you know, you, you might have to front the money on deals that you're doing to corporations. They may say they want to pay you in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, even some companies are net 120 now. And if you got to, you know, depending on where you're doing business, if you got to front out a million dollars, half a million dollars, then that's just the nature of the game. You got to pay those bills. And is it, can you do it or not? And, and can you scale or not? Um, so it's about being honest with yourself, where you at, stuff like that. Gotcha. So you're the first person that I can actually, I'm going to talk about this with, I'm going to bet you being from New York, like, you know, I'm like, hip-hop just made, I'm like 50, 50 years, years old, yeah. and like you was around yeah. for that, in that relationship with like a lot of those guys. Yeah. So like, how does it feel to actually see if a hip-hop actually making this far? Well, for me, it feels amazing because, you know, I, I've never been a part in my life that I that I wasn't a part of it, that I wasn't there, right? I talk to my sons now, and I understand their obsession and their connection to technology because it was never a part of their life that it wasn't there. So I have to be a little lenient when I be like, yo, you want Instagram too much or you want this too much. Look, this is, they grew up infused with technology. Well, I grew up infused with hip-hop. It wasn't... So it start like I used to see I, really my older cousins because they were old enough to hang out. So when I'm like seven, eight years old and they bringing these tapes from uptown, you know, uh, Furious Five battling Phyllis Four or Kumo D and Treacherous Three and them battling and Melly Mel, you know, these these tapes and dudes used to be singing like they used to sing a lot of like TV jingles but add lap, like raps to it and then they used to have these dance groups that would battle I know everybody always talk about you know rock steady and stuff but it was a whole bunch of grooves it was crews a touch of rock there was um so these dudes used to really 
have block parties and you know be doing freestyling. We used to, we used to call it breakdancing back then. We used to call it freestyling and um and and rock disco rock. You know what I mean and things like that. So you saw all the elevation of it all. And as far as graffiti, it's always been art that emulated the hood and stuff. But again, I was never not a part of it. So when you when it grows, you're growing with it. Fortunately enough, I in my formative years, I grew with the responsible it was some responsibility coming into my ears along with the enjoyment. And even if it got a little aggressive, it was still some degree of responsibility. You know, right now, I think a lot of it is, is a lack of that, you know. And everybody would be like, yo, why are you hating on the young dudes? I'm, like, I'm hating on young dudes, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to hate. If, I, if, if, if I'm messed up, I mean, if I'm fucked up out here and I'm broke, then I can hate. Right now, I can be a, I can be a critic, and say I want you to improve. You know what I mean? Like some of the stuff that I did when I was a young dude. I can't. I don't do that shit no more. You know, like I'm. You know, I, I wouldn't dare do some of that stuff no more. So I've matured, and I expect them to as well. But I would expect them to be open to the advice. To in the in the in the positive critique. Because money, it ain't all about the money and numbers. Because that, that shit can get a little funny, you know? That can get a little funny. When people start lying at each other, yo, men lie, numbers lie, num you know, <laughs> say men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And, I, you know, I love, oh, that's my favorite rapper. But a lot of people, I think, take that out of context. Because, you know, numbers without context are baseless. So if, if numbers don't lie, then you got to assume they don't tell the truth either. You know, so you just know what you're looking at, know the context of what you're talking about, you know. Gotcha. So, you know, it was the first time I actually, I'm like, went to New York, and it was kind of, I'm like, explain it back in the day, you know. It was Brooklyn was known for getting money. Harlem was the flies. Like, I want you to, like, explain your words, because, like, you know, I'm only one, like, outside of hearing this. All right. Well, New York is the financial capital of, of the world, right? So there was money being got in all places. Again, you gotta think about context, right? Brooklyn is the largest borough in New York. And if it was a city, it would be the 10th largest city in America. So it's the most diverse corner of the world. Three million people now in Brooklyn. Every ethnic group you want is there with an infrastructure. And you can, you can participate, you know. Uh, Harlem is one part of Manhattan. And, you know, obviously, culturally rich, their, their culture contributions are amazing, you know, because people from all around the world came to Harlem as well, you know, so they have many contributions, clearly, as is the Bronx. Bronx is like a, a cousin to Brooklyn. It's, it's very similar in that they're not as big and it's not as, I guess, geographically uh, uh advantaged, but it has a lot of the same elements, that gritty, that toughness, that pride, because, you know, it's immigrants, a lot of home ownership, stuff like that. Manhattan is more of a, what you call a tenement culture, a lot of renting and things of that nature. So the, the mindset is a little bit different. So 
the the showcase is more outside. They like they stay outside all night at Harlem. You know, <laughs> like all night. So um, in Brooklyn, you can't be, can't be doing that shit. You can't stay out all night and stuff like that. Cause you know people own their homes and people are like yeah you ain't gonna be doing that here. Like you could go in the project even in the projects, <laughs> dudes be like yo it's time to go in. You know, you know my mom's in apartment two B. She trying to get some sleep. Y'all niggas is bugging. <laughs> you know, and then, you know Queens. You know New York. New York is is a is a mixture, man. You got to maneuver. You know Queens. Queens is uh, I, I, I would say the family structures in Queens were very much intact. Two working parents, you know, it, it was almost like Brooklyn suburbia <laughs> at first, you know. Um, so it's much appreciated. And, you know, Staten Island, you, you know, that's it's kind of out the way, but, you know, clearly they get, they you know, they have their contributions to more than just Wu-Tang, but I, I love that shit. <laughs> You know, um, and uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of underworld business that goes on in New York. Everybody thinks one mob. Everybody thinks it's always the Italian mob or the Cosa Nostra and stuff like that. Hell no, it's all kinds of shit that goes on in New York. Every nationality, everybody got a, you know, got one of them from different sets of Caribbeans. You know, Africans, Latinos, you know, obviously, you know, you got Irish, you got Russian, you got Polish, you got the Jewish gangs. Like, it, it's serious. Everything happens in New York. Everything happens in New York. And then it's the media capital of the world, too. So some of the things that you got to, they control a narrative. So there's a lot of things you don't hear, you know, and things that go on right in front of your eyes. But... You gotta appreciate the energy because the the melting pot of it all. Like JFK Jr. rode the subway, bro. You know, like you walk out your house in New York, you be sitting right next to a dude. His family is like a gazillionaire since the 1800s, but y'all will have a conversation. You know, so you're not you're not ever that far away from each other. You can have a five million dollar house two blocks away is the housing project. Literally like that. So, you know, you got to interact. The rich and the poor interact. So that's why sophistication is is should be, you know, it's it, it's the medium in New York, you know. It's like that. So, like, being in this for over, like, for over 25 years plus, like, like what do you enjoy most about it? And, like, what do you actually only hate about it? The, the thing that I enjoy most about this is I can look and I can see the evidence of, of my work and contribution and, and it's reciprocated. Like, you know, I'm not from, I'm not from New Orleans, but my impact in New Orleans is, is unquestionable. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like you interviewed G. Willie for G. Willie, like for him and he mentioned Stan, you know, and, other cats, Leo and Damon, and of course, you know, Larry, who, you know, him and I have a very unique connection. And, you know, JC, all, all of these guys, right? So, there's evidence of my contribution 
So I could literally say my fingerprints is all over how New Orleans entertainment happens right now, you know, because I contributed, I showed up, I participated, you know, I invested, you know, and these are these are all my friends, you know, I heard I ain't leave you out either, I, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, so, but that's not just New Orleans, it's in Atlanta, it's in Houston, it's in Miami, it's in Philly, it's in Cali, it's in Chicago, I, you know, I, I put that work in, in, uh, you know, North Carolina, we, um, that's the most enjoyable part of it, I remember watching these two young cats getting interviewed one time and I'm sitting there watching both of them and I mentored both of them and they and, and that came up and they were like they were like yo my mentor Kane and Jasper and I was like yo that's my mentor too and stuff like that and again it started where I'm from I didn't have to go somewhere else and make it up so that's one part that that I enjoy. The other part that I enjoy that's probably most really gratifying for me is that I don't have to have big, like, Instagram. I don't have to do all of that. You know, I don't have to have a gazillion followers. I don't want that because I'm not talking to a gazillion of y'all anyway, you know. But if I want to reach a bunch of people, I don't have to have 10 million followers. Followers. I know 20 dudes, 20 people that got 10 million followers, and if I ask them to do something, they do it. You know, so I don't, I, I can preserve myself in a way and say, I, I earn this thing. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to get in front of the camera and say things that are unnecessary just for people to pay attention to me. You know, so, and and people might say that's a little, I have a little arrogance to me, and I do, you know, I absolutely do, because, you know, it's okay, I'm a black man that is very educated, very accomplished in in a lot of things, you know, I, I do check a lot of boxes, but I earn that, I achieve that, so... My arrogance is based on achievement, not appointment. Ain't nobody say, oh, appointment. I don't rap. I don't sing. I don't do none of that stuff. I'm not acting. You know, my action, my, you know, my, my shit is documented and it's legitimate, you know? And you can come talk to me about it, whether you agree with it or not. You know, we can, we, we can have any kind of discussion, you know? Um, but I can be arrogant because it's based on achievement. Now, it doesn't mean, but I'm not impolite, and I'm not discourteous, and I'm not dismissive of people. You know, I w I'm willing to share anything that I've learned because, uh, and I'll go back to my father, you know, and the only thing that you really own is what you can give away. So the things that I've been able to learn and even acquire, you know, I share them with with people who who I think it's a worthwhile investment, you know, the time, you know, if necessary, finance, whatever, you know. I appreciate that game for everyone who don't know you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like, what's your advice to one, if it's someone that's actually watching this interview mm -hmm. and that's trying to follow, I'm going to give you footsteps. 
Follow my footsteps? Yeah, someone I, watching, they probably I, like, man, I'm, I'm going to be connected as him. I'm going to take my shades <laughs> off of that. Listen, my exact footstep, everybody's life is unique. Everybody's life is unique. You cannot, I don't want, I don't want my sons to exactly follow my footsteps because my life hadn't always been the right moral decisions. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of my friends that had the same path that I did did not make it through. A lot of them in jail for the rest of their life. Some of them are not living at all. And some of them are not even in good situations in life. Now, what I would say, the advice that I can give you from what I've learned is that one, there's no there's no get rich quick anything that that's achieved. You know, somebody can appoint you something, but then you belong to that. You you're beholding to that. Um, so you have to understand that there's a path that you have to take where it gives some self investment, some sacrifice. You know, and you got some hum a lot of humility because you got to learn a lot. You cannot learn anything knowing everything. Um, but I definitely would say everything everything is not going to make you rich too, like financially rich. But what it will make you is very practical in the practice that you have in really giving the diligence and the sacrifice and the dedication to things, the practice and the habits that you will learn will probably land you in a successful place where when you do start to turn the corner financially, those habits will kick in and you'll be able to accelerate your process a little bit. But have realistic goals, understand the terrain you're in, understand the sciences that are available because Free to learn, like economics, it's not just about money, it's a science. Economics is a science, you know? Um, and communication, it's a science. Learn how to communicate. It's not just like, oh, I'm talking to you, you listening, you talking, I'm listening. No, it's a lot, it's, it's friction, it's, it's, it's heat, it's velocity, it's, you know, it's tension, it's gravity. It, a lot of these things, communication is science. Learn with learn your environment, your atmosphere. You know, don't be here just like oh, I'm I'm enjoying myself. I'm trying to turn up, whatever. Then then people gonna lap you. I will lap you every time. Every time. You know, and a lot a lot of people. So don't look at like oh man, you know this one got a billion dollars. This one got this one. Look, don't worry about that. You know, worry about getting your regimen together so that your habits are right. And then when you are in position to maximize the opportunities that you have, then you can excel and, you know, and really drive the, the needle, you know, move the needle there. And then you could possibly navigate certain things, but everyone's life is not gonna be the same, you know. But you can be on someone's frequency here spiritually and mentally. Like what's on the next for you? Mm -hmm. Well, right now, one of the most important things is uh, is um, my brother and I. We have mental health facilities. It's called ARJ Cares. 
and uh, and we have a social platform called the Doc and the Dude. And uh, my youngest brother, Kendall, Dr. Kendall Jasper, he's a clinical psychologist, and he actually brought me into this business. Right, so I had to follow suit again, do do my homework, get myself right and cert certified and things like that, and. I think, so what's next is making sure that we invest in the mindset of our generations, to our current generations and generations to come, right? And uh, understanding, helping them understand how their thoughts best work for them. I can't tell you how to think, you know, or, or what's gonna, but try to give some, some better practices for critical thinking, analysis, you know, confidence, Conflict resolution, you know, I think those things are on a deficit in our community. You know, the way we're dying, the way that we're growing, we're growing in a very deformed way. You know, a lot of our young men are being led in ways that are not helpful to our perpetuity. You know, a lot of our young ladies are being taught in a way that's not helpful to our perpetuity, you know. And again, it's not about it's not about just finance, you know. It's, it's about your environment, the terrain, things that are your opposition. Like I said, that resistance that I spoke of in communication, you know. So having the, your mind in the best shape and your spirit in the best shape to approach life and learn how learn what is helpful and pragmatic for you and what's not. So I think that's the next journey that we're on. Gotcha. And also, but last but not least, tell everyone, mm. I'm like, what can they find you on social media and just uh, everywhere? Um, yeah, you can find me on social media at Kanan Jasper. That's at K, oh, oh wait a minute. At Kanan, K-A-I-N-O-N underscore Jasper, J-A-S-P-E-R. And then you also can find me at Doc and the Dude, which is at D-O-C-N-D-A-D-U-D-E, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah, you can find me and there's some messaging on that as well. 